0: All right. Well, hello, everybody. It is really, really good to see you and, uh, and really, really good to be back. So I, every year go on a study break. I know some of you are new to our church, whether you're online or, uh, here in person and you're like, who's that guy? And I'm, uh, I'm actually the lead pastor around here and it's my privilege to serve in that way. And so thank you. You're nice. And, uh, and thanks for praying for me. While it's, a, it's such an important time, it was also a real honor to pray for you as well. And uh, and just to give kind of one highlight from the time, you know, I I, I planned sermon series for the year uh, on that study break, but uh, also pray and think directionally as well. And uh, and one of those times it was actually early in the morning. Uh, we were camping in Wyoming, and I was up before everybody else. And Just had some time to pray and and I was really wrestling with God about something. And it was it it relates to you is why I'm sharing it, because uh, as you probably know, there's a lot going on in our culture and there's a lot going on in the evangelical church in general. And and I believe God is doing something new and significant over these next few years of helping the church recapture who he calls the church to be. In a way that we can also recapture a culture that desperately needs connection with God. And for whatever reason, um, and and this is a whole long story that I'll have to share sometime and I will share later. For whatever reason, God has put us right in the middle of it. You could even say the forefront of that. And what I was wrestling with about that is just like, why us and why me? Like, there's got to be better, somebody better than me. Like, why? Because it can take a lot of time and effort and like, you know, why? And and what I got back from God is just well, if not you, who? I mean, if not a church like Chase Oaks that's uh, that, that is uh, thoroughly biblical and yet at the same time engaging and relevant and flexible to a changing cult, reach a changing culture, who then who? Somebody you know a church that clings to truth but also always with grace. Um, it, it's going to be that, and um, you know God loves to use Broken vessels to pour out his love and power to the world. And imperfect people to do his work. And I certainly qualify for that. And as a church, we qualify for that. Uh, Basically, what we are as a church is a bunch of messes on a mission. And, and if you feel like you've got it all going on, you've got it all together, I'll just tell you now, you're gonna be more comfortable at another church. That's okay. But if you know you don't have it all together and you're open to what God is going to do in your life and you want to be on mission and part of what he's doing, there's not a better place. And I'm just really glad that you're along for the ride. And I look forward to sharing more and more specifics about what that is. But anyway, it's just great to be back. And that leads me to today, because today is a unique weekend. We, this is free T-shirt weekend. And it's our first one. It's not our last one. It's our first one. And, you know, hey, free T-shirts are always great, right? But it's not the, the real gift is actually not the T-shirt. Uh, the real gift is the opportunity that the T-shirt represents. And for those of you online who you don't get a T-shirt because it's for those in person. Sorry about that. The gift of opportunity is still there. That, the, the essence of the gift is still there because the T-shirt is a tool to do something that can change potentially the course of someone's life for eternity. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you want to be used by God to make a difference in the world, what we're talking about today is how God works. And he he wants you to do this. He invites you to do this. And it's an opportunity, like I said, to potentially change the whole trajectory of somebody's life. And every one of us, me, you, every one of us can do it. It doesn't matter if, if you know Jesus yet or not. You may be investigating Jesus and all that. It's okay. You can do this. You may. It doesn't matter if you know a lot about the Bible or hardly anything about the Bible. You can do this. It doesn't matter if you've got it all going on or you feel like you got nothing going on and the wheels are falling off in your life. It doesn't matter. You can do this because today we're talking about the power of invitation. Because that's the way God is set up. Life with him. And you and I are not only invited to be part of what he's doing, but we're invited to be invite hers, inviters, and that's the way his kingdom grows. And if you think about it, life is just a series of invitations made or not made, accepted or not accepted, that kind of informs our life. I mean, think about that in your friendships, in your work relationships, in your romantic relationships, you know, or spiritual too, church too. Like, I don't know how you got to this church, but I know how I did. And and you may wonder, like, OK, yeah, you're the lead pastor. So they probably had some kind of search committee or search organization or something like that. That is not how I came. If they would have done it, they would have gotten somebody better. So I'm glad they didn't. But here's how they did it. Here's how it happened. I was invited by a friend here 32 years ago. To be part of this church. Um, Jack Warren was that friend. We were friends in uh, Alabama in college. He's now our executive pastor. Uh, he had come out earlier uh, than I did uh, to go to graduate school at Dallas Seminary because he's a few years older than me. And I remember him telling me about this church he was involved in. And it was kind of this crazy church that was uh, biblically solid, but culturally relevant and, and flexible to change. And there were all this, you know, I remember him talking about all this and thinking, man, that's really intriguing. I've never been part of a church like that. It'd be awesome. And, uh, and so when I was coming out to Dallas Seminary, he was just asked to be the junior high pastor and uh, and that opened up an intern slot. And he said, hey, why don't you be my intern? Let's do ministry together again. And I'm so glad he asked. And I'm so glad that he said yes. And we did youth ministry together for uh, four or five years. It was so cool here. In fact, some of you were in that uh, the, that I'm listening. we in the youth group then and you're serving and you're volunteering and you're leading. In fact, two of our pastors now were in that youth group. Then Jeff Jones, not me, the other Jeff Jones, who is our yes, that's confusing, who is our campus pastor in Richardson is an amazing leader. And he was amazing when I had him in my small group in seventh and eighth grade. And I knew, man, God's going to do something with this guy. And now he's one of our pastors, which is so cool. And then Katie Bailey was in that group who spoke a couple weeks ago in our last series, who is one of our pastors at the Sloan Creek campus. She knocked it out of the park because she's, a, she's just a, a really gifted speaker and leader. And she grew up in, our, in that youth group. And, and I'm so glad I got to be part of it. But I would have missed it had had the invitation not been given or had I not said yes. It's just the way life works. Like when I was in junior high, that's how I became a Jesus follower is in junior high. There was a guy named Don who invited me to youth group. I didn't know what a youth group was, but I'm really glad he invited me. I didn't know it changed my life forever. I didn't know that's where I would find out what it means to know Jesus and follow Jesus and give my life to him. I had no idea. I just thought I was going with him to something that sounded okay, kind of interesting. And why not go? And God met me there. And it changed the whole trajectory of my life and how I'm sure there were a hundred reasons Don could have thought of to not invite me. It was a risk to invite me, but he took the risk and I'm so glad he did. And that's the way God works. He works through invitation. You see that we're going to see it in John one, when Jesus came to this planet, you know, we believe, and I know not all of you believe this at, at this point, but we believe as Christians that Jesus is not just a great human being. We believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, and that is God in human flesh, that he is God who came here to connect to us, became human to connect with us and then eventually die on the cross for the sins of the world, be raised from the dead. But that he came here to connect with us as God. And and if I were God coming and you know, to connect to humanity and I go to all that trouble of, you know, taking on humanity and beer, I would be much more forceful than Jesus was to say, look, I'm just going to force you to believe in me. But that's not what he did. In fact, it's really interesting what he does because he's so understated. I mean, he, he came and he, he, uh, he, he lived and he loved people and all that, but it was essentially uh, when he came, he had zero followers and he launches this movement that still to this day uh, is the most powerful movement for good on the planet. Two thousand years later, but when he started, he had zero followers. And we're going to see today how it went from zero followers to the largest movement for good in you know ever. And how did that happen? Invitation after invitation after invitation after invitation. And his basic invitation was really simple. It was just come and see. We're going to see that today. Just come and see. Just come and check it out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the answers done. You don't. Just come and see. In the Old Testament, it was really similar. In the Psalms, God tells the nations of the world, taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience God. In in the New Testament, it's come and see. Come and experience life with God. Just come and check it out. Just come and see. And, and, And this is an invitation that every one of us can do. To invite other people to just, hey, come and see. This is a big part of my life. And, you know, why not just come and check it out? So in John one is where we're going to be in the Bible. John's in the New Testament. It's one of the books that gives account of Jesus's life uh, on this planet. And, and this is how he these are the first invitations, his first followers. At this point in the story, Jesus has zero followers. Here's how it starts in John one, starting in verse thirty five. It says the next day, John, and it's talking about John the Baptist, and John, the Baptist was like the precursor to Jesus. He was the one he's actually prophesied in the Old Testament that there would be a prophet that would come to announce that the savior of the world was indeed coming into the world. That was John, the Baptist. And so he had his own disciples and, and his own followers. The next day, John, the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. And when John, the Baptist saw Jesus passing by, he said this. He points his disciples were looking. Look, the Lamb of God. This is the one promised from God, and he's walking on by. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Now, when it says they followed Jesus, it's not following Jesus in the way we often use it, like in the profound way. I'm going to live my life for Jesus, and he's the center of my life. Or if you grew up in church, maybe you remember the song, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus I have. to. you see why I'm not a worship pastor? But, uh, but I've decided to follow. It's not that some of you are like, man, I'm glad I didn't grow up in church. But anyway, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good song, but, um, it's not that they're literally following it. Like just because he's a celebrity, they're curious. Like if John says he's the one, they don't want to let him go. They're just following physically following him. Uh, like you might do if you see a celebrity or at least I've done, I, I remember years ago uh, at Disney world. We were there with our extended family, and our, our kids were little, three and six, and, uh, and we come out of, we are in the Star Wars ride, it was really late at night, we come out of the ride, and right in front of me, when I come out of the ride in this little gift shop, uh, is Steven Tyler, the lead singer for Aerosmith, which is really awesome, okay, and, so I, and, and, and my brother was there with me, and he's like, Steve Tyler! And uh, he's just right there. Really cool. He had yellow, I mean, orange sunglasses and orange shoes. Just something I remember. But anyway, so he's there with his family, with this little entourage. And then they they walk out of the store into the park. And I'm like, I'm going to follow Steven Tyler. The only problem was, this was late at night. I I had the job of taking my three-year-old Caleb to the hotel room because he needed to go to bed. He was overtired. But he didn't want to go back. So I was trying to be stealthy to follow Stephen Tyler. But Caleb wasn't cooperating because he was mad about having to leave early. So he was screaming bloody murder. As I saw, he's like, I don't want you. I want my mom. Take me to my mom. I don't want you. And he's yelling as loud as he can. And I'm following Stephen Tyler. And Stephen Tyler, I mean, they start walking faster because here's this guy, crazy guy with his kid. And I start walking faster, trying to keep up with him. And finally, they duck into a little alcove. To, so that I could just walk on by because it was awkward. And yeah, and so I walk on by. I can't just stand there, you know. So I walked on by and that was my brush with fame. But I'm literally just following him out of curiosity. That's what they're doing. But in this case, Jesus calls them out. And it says in verse 38, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And now, if that's not creepy enough, verse 38. Uh, the rest of it, they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Now imagine if Steve Tyler had stopped when I'm following him, and he's like, dude, what do you want? I was like, well, where, where are you staying, Steve Tyler? Where, where are you staying? He'd be like, I mean, they'd call security, right? I mean, that's really creepy. But in this case, this is how Jesus responds, because he knows this is John and Andrew, not John the Baptist, the disciple, John. He writes John first, John, second, John, third, John. He should have been more creative with his names of uh, books. But anyway, he says, uh, come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. He says, come and see. Let's hang out. And they hang out with Jesus. That John has just said is the Lamb of God that was promised in the Old Testament, the Savior of the world, that they'll come to believe eventually is God in human form. And they get to spend the day with him, their creator. Doesn't get cooler than that. But you and I can spend time with him, too. That's another sermon. But they spend the day with him and they choose. They're invited in that in that moment to become Jesus followers, to become his disciples. One of the twelve or two of the twelve, John and Andrew. So after that, what does Andrew do? This is the best thing that's ever happened to him by a zillion. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. So what's he going to do? Verse 40. He's going to extend the power of invitation. Because that's what you do when you're excited about something. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We found the Messiah, that is the Christ, which is just the Greek version of the Hebrew Messiah. And he brought him To Jesus. Andrew's just like, man, I'm going to this is the best thing I've ever found. I'm not going to keep it to myself. So he invites his brother, Simon. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. He changes his name because he's really going to change his life. And Peter becomes a follower of Jesus, one of the disciples. Next verse. The next day, it says Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him. Follow me. Now, grammatically, this is a little tricky in the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek, how to translate this. And different translations will translate it differently because the the name Jesus isn't there until the very end of what we just read. And so a lot of people who translate stuff look at this and say, actually, I I don't think that's the right way to translate it. It would be translated more like this. Uh, The next day, Andrew decided to leave for Galilee. It wasn't Jesus, but the antecedent would be Andrew. Andrew decided to leave for Galilee following Jesus. Evidently, he brings Philip and he found Philip. And Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Either way, there's an an invitation extended. But I think Andrew is on a roll. He and now he invites his friend Philip and Philip interacts with Jesus. And Jesus says, follow me, which was an invitation to be one of the 12. So what's Philip going to do? He's going to extend the power of invitation. That's going to change lives for eternity. Verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph He's saying, we found the one promised from God. You've got to come and see. You've got to come and check it out. But Nathaniel's skeptical. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. It'd be like me from Alabama saying, "Hey, look, I found the Savior of the world, and guess where He's from? He's from Alabama." And you'd be like, "Really? You know, from Alabama. You think God's gonna come into the world, anything from Alabama? I don't think so. You know, right? It's that same kind of thing. Nazareth had that same. It was just a nobody town from. It was just nobody from nowhere. It'd be like, "You say, really, with this nobody, this nothing town?" That God wouldn't be, or the Savior of the world wouldn't be a nobody from nowhere. I'm not buying it. Nathaniel says. And look at how Philip responds to the skepticism. We can learn a whole lot from this. He simply says, "Come and see," said Philip. That's the invitation. Come and see. Come and check it out. Come and see. See, one of the reasons I think it's really hard for those of us who know Jesus, or even if you're in the process of coming to know Jesus, it's hard to talk to other people about Jesus, right? Because it's just hard because, you know, it's it's sensitive anyway. Talk about religion. But but it's also hard. I think a lot of times we don't share our story or share about Jesus because we feel like we've got to have all the answers. And what if they ask something and I don't know the answer? And, you know, and and, and what am I going to do? And But I love what Philip teaches us here. Because he doesn't answer the skepticism. He didn't respond to it. He didn't give the 10 reasons why Nazareth is a perfectly good place for the Savior of the world to come. He doesn't do that. He's like, I don't know. Just come and see. Just bring your doubt with you. Bring your skepticism with you. Bring your questions with you. That's a good question. But just come and see. Just come and check it out. Either you'll you know, engage and it'll be great or not, but just come and see and come and check it out. And, and that's the basic invitation. It's not like you have to have everything figured out, have all your doubts answered. And some of you are right there in your own spiritual search. You've got a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. That's okay. They're probably good questions. They're probably good doubts. Just bring them with you in relationship with Jesus. And over time, My guess is you'll resolve those things in relationship with him. That's how it works. And that's what Philip says. It's just, hey, come and see. And Nathaniel does come. He has this incredible interaction with Jesus. And he becomes one of the disciples, too. He becomes one of the followers. But notice what's going on here. It's invitation after invitation after invitation after invitation. Come and see. You and I can do that. In fact, we do it all the time about other things. Right. When we find something we really like, like I, often people tell me things to binge watch on TV lately. Right. Oh, you got to watch this from Netflix or Apple TV or whatever. And let me give you one, by the way, if you haven't binge watched this. And that is The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen, let me encourage you to do that. It does such a great job of portraying Jesus in such a really cool way. It's basically the story of the New Testament. And and by the way, my wife, Christy, is an extra on a couple of the episodes, so look for her. Um, in fact, if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, look for, if you look for a woman with um, lemons, a, a bowl of yellow, bright yellow lemons, that's my wife. See, I married somebody famous. You knew I married up, and uh, you thought Steve Tyler was great, but my wife way better, and... Um, <clears throat> That's a great show. Other people have told me lately, Ted Lasso, you got to watch Ted Lasso. I don't even know what that is. Lasso sounds like a Western thing, right? Yoo-hoo. And maybe it's a shoot. I I don't know what it is, but should I watch that? Is that a good one? Okay, good. That's a good, I need to, I don't have that channel, so I got to figure that out. But, you know, people, we love to share that kind of stuff or, you know, Chick-fil-A. They mentioned that earlier in the service, me and Chick-fil-A. I love introducing people to Chick-fil-A who've never experienced Chick-fil-A. And you think, who's that? Like, who's never experienced Chick-fil-A? You know, this is tragic. You know, there are most of the world does not have access to Chick-fil-A. That's true. Most of the world, the vast majority of the world has no access to it. Next week, we're going to take up a collection. We're going to change that. Um, so be praying about what you can give because we're going to get Chick-fil-A's all over the world. We're going to do it. And, uh, you know, right. But even in this country... I mean, where I was on study break, no Chick-fil-A. And I've been back for three days. Well, two days. I've been back for two days. I've had Chick-fil-A three times already. And, uh, and yes, I have a problem, but it's a good problem. I don't mind it. Right? But I, lo- I really do love introducing people to Chick-fil-A. And, and, all, and when I, and I love seeing their face, you know, and to see the glory and the wonder and the, ah, oh, you know, and it, and it's so disappointing when somebody is like, eh, okay. Like, what do you mean, ah, okay. Like, this is the best thing ever. Like, come on. But, you know, it's not for everybody. I get that. But same thing, right? When we share, I mean, we share good things. This happens to be the most amazing thing that we have the opportunity to share. It's the opportunity to bump into Jesus in a way that changes somebody's life forever. And that's why the t-shirt. T-shirt, I mean, it's great to have a free t-shirt. But the point of the t-shirt is is to wear it. And it says here for good, and hopefully it'll just raise questions to say, hey, what's that about? Here for good. And, and and you can say, well, I'm part of this movement. That's a Here for Good movement. That that really wants to make a difference in the world. I mean it's Christianity, which I know you know a lot of people but but I'm part of this, you know, church, Chase Oaks Church, and and I have a relationship with God and or I'm grown, or maybe I'm curious about a relationship with God. I'm on this journey if you're not a believer yet or maybe you are and just to say it's a big part of my life and uh and I'd love for you to join me sometime either you know watch online or uh serve with me uh in the community or just come check it out at one of the physical locations I'd love for you to sit with me and that's the reason for the shirt it's just the power of invitation as a tool and a reminder to invite because as a church We're really serious about being a church where we can easily say to people, come and see where it's not just about us the way we do church, but it's also about those who've yet to come because that's the heart of Jesus. It's not just about us. This isn't our party. It's his party. It's our privilege to prepare the party and invite the guests. In fact, if you want to know what our church is about, many of you are new in our church. I'll just tell you a big part of our vision. I'm going to read it because sometimes People uh, get confused about things, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this. If you want to know, hey, what what is this place? Here we go. Our vision is to be a church where people far from God can bump into Jesus, where we can say, "Come and see." A place where we can teach the Bible so that we who follow Jesus can grow and take new steps in our faith, but in a way that is relevant and engaging to anybody. A place where people can belong before they believe. So they can bring their questions and doubts with them on the journey without being shamed or given easy answers to really good questions. A place where people can be authentic in their struggles, creating a come-as-you-are environment where we don't have to pretend we're better than we are. A place where nobody, not even the people on the platform, think they have it all together or have it all figured out, but are simply on this journey finding hope, transformation, healing, and a real relationship with Jesus. A place where people can understand God's heart, that he doesn't hate us for our failures, but loves us and has grace for our mistakes and sins that he wants to redeem. A God of second and third and 80th chances. And a place where people can say yes to God's invitation to join him in this in his world changing mission to make a difference, to be a real part of his redemptive work on this broken planet. That's who God calls us to be. And we don't have a choice about that. If we want to honor Jesus, because it's his church, that's who he calls us to be. That's his heart. It's not just about us. It's about those who aren't here yet. And it's our opportunity to be the ones who prepare the party and invite the guests and extend the invitation. Um, And that's why everything we do as a church, with a few exceptions, are open to invite anybody. Like the exceptions are some small groups that are so intense that having new people come in and out. Uh, for that kind of group is not productive to what's being trying to be accomplished in that kind of group so there are some groups like that but most of our groups are open you know to say hey come with me to life group a great way to do it is to serve hey come serve with me in the community don't just serve by yourself just invite somebody say hey, i'd love for you to do this you don't have to be part of our church but just you know come do this Or certainly the way we do church and church services are not just with us in mind, but for those who have yet to come. The next series we're doing is a great opportunity to do that because it's on finding your why. It's on finding your purpose, your unique purpose. And right now there's a lot of people asking that question coming out of COVID and coming out of a pandemic. I think we are. To just say, hey, what is my life about and what do I want it to be about? So many people are changing careers, changing jobs, just thinking about all kinds of things and just, man, okay, let's help. The Bible can help us with that. And it's a great invitation opportunity So, hey, come and see, come and check it out. Come sit with me. And just to illustrate the power, I'll share one story. And it's one of my favorite Chase Oaks stories, one of my favorite Chase Oaks memories, I guess because this happens to be a friend of mine now. And here's the story. So. Um there's a, a friend of mine is a Chase Oker who is a, is also my life group leader actually. And um so in his neighborhood, right his, one of his neighbors um noticed all this serving that that they were doing that you know we were doing in the community as a group and different things, different ways of serving the community with our community partners and and this neighbor um was, is, is the kind of person that really wants to make a difference in the world. And so, but she was frustrated because she didn't know how to do that. And she had tried to volunteer in all these different organizations unsuccessfully. And so she talked to my life group leader, Mark, and just said, Hey, I know you and Diana and, you know, are doing all this stuff. And I would love to do that with you if it's possible, because it seems like your church makes it easier than anybody I know to be able to do really good things in the community. But here's my here's my request, and you can say no, and I understand why you would say no. That I don't want to ever go to your church. I don't want to believe what you believe. I don't want anybody trying to convince me to believe what you believe. I just want to serve. I want to use you like a vendor to get what I want, and that is to be able to serve. And I understand why you'd say no to that, and that's okay. But if you're willing to never talk to me about your religion, to never invite me to church, and all that stuff, and put pressure on me to do it. I would love to be—I would love to serve with you. And of course, Mark said no. No, I'm kidding. He said yes. You know, of course, he said yes. And he said, "Yeah, absolutely." So she began, and her husband began to serve. Well, I was in that life group, right? So we were serving together, and and I got to know them through that. Well, get—you can imagine what happens over time, right? They develop relationships. They decide, you know, we should start coming to the life group meetings, and they—they they did. And realized, wow, they're talking about real stuff. And then, yeah, eventually on their own, they did come to church. They thought they'd hate it, I'm sure. They didn't. It was engaging. It was helpful. It was like they experienced the presence of God. And, and, and they were like, man, this is just something here. And you could just see God pulling them into relationship with himself. And. And here's where I get to the memory part. OK, so so they're in the group. They're coming to church regularly. God's at work. Uh, we do a baptism every once in a while. We'll do one here in a few months. We do a spontaneous baptism service where baptism is an external way to say, yeah, I really want to follow Jesus. It doesn't save you or whatever. It just it's a way to say um, it's, it's a public way to say, yeah, this is what my life's about now. And, uh, and so for a lot of people in that service, you know, they don't come planning to get baptized, but we have clothes that they can change into and all that. It's a really, and you know, a lot of, for a lot of people, it's their decision to say, this is a time I'm going to choose to become a Jesus follower. And then they get baptized right away. And so anyway, we're in this service, I'm on the platform, they're doing music. People are starting to get up to go back and get baptized. And I, and, and I, they're in the middle and, uh, and, and he was a little farther in his spiritual journey and he was planning to get baptized that day. And uh, and I knew that, and they're right in the middle, so I can see him. And so she captures, she catches, she goes like this to catch my attention. And uh, and she goes like this. She says, she points to herself. She goes, she's saying I'm getting baptized, meaning I'm I'm choosing to follow Jesus, believe in Jesus, like it's time. And I'm I'm not an emotional guy, and I start you know kind of trying not to blubber up on the stage as I'm seeing this, you know. And she's like this. And they go back and she baptizes him and he baptizes her. And they've continued to grow They're leaders in our church. And it all started with a simple invitation. Because that's how God works. And you and I have the power, the opportunity, the privilege to extend the invitation. And why wouldn't we? Right. I know it can be a little challenging, right? But the invitation is pretty simple. Just come and see. Come and check it out. So here's the opportunity that comes with a t-shirt. It's an invitational opportunity. You just wear it and ask God. God, you know, either put it on my heart, people that I can invite, or as I wear it, if people talk with me, just help me know how to interact in a way where I can just say, hey, it's, it's something our church is doing. Come and see. Come and check it out. And, uh, and, Let's see what God does. And whether it's inviting to serve with you or inviting to church or this next series or for those online, just sharing it online is an easy way to do it online. Just share the link with somebody for those of you who are watching that way. And you just never know what God's going to do through the power of an invitation. And so we're going to pray and I want us to pray for us because I want you to understand that God extends the ultimate invitation to you. And that is he wants to know you. He loves you. He wants to come in your life and make everything new and use you to change this world. You could say yes or no. And you may need time to consider that. That's a lot to take in. I get it, but we'll consider that. And then the an opportunity for you and I to extend that same invitation to other people. And I want us to think about real people. That God's put in our life. And say man who who can I be praying about. Who can I be inviting. To come and see. Let's bow our heads together. You know we believe that Jesus is God. Who came to this planet. To connect with us. And the whole dying on the cross thing. Wasn't just. For the fun of it. He He did that to to pay the, to pay our penalty. He took the penalty of sin on himself so that we would never have to know that penalty of sin. We've never, that, that the guilt of our sin could be removed. And he rose from the dead and he's alive now. And he wants to not only forgive us, but to change us and to be in our lives and to grow us and and to use you and me to change our world. And that's what it means to know Jesus. And And for some of you, you're just considering that invitation and you've got some like Nathaniel. You've got some questions and doubts. It's okay. Just bring them with you. For others of you, you may be time right now in your heart just to say, you know what, God? Yeah, I still have some of those, but I'm in. Like I I, want to know you. I want your forgiveness. I want you to come in my life. And that's what it means to become a Jesus follower, to become a believer and say, I just want to follow you. I want to make what you say. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to live my life with you at the center. And when we make that commitment to him, the Bible says he commits to us. And he never goes back on it. And it's also an opportunity to consider people that God's put in our lives. Because the way Christianity has grown over the centuries is invitation after invitation after invitation after invitation. Times billions of people. And you and I have the opportunity to extend the invitation. And so right now, just pray and just say, God, who would you put on my heart? Who have you put in my life? Whether I'm online Chase Oker or an in-person Chase Oker, who could I either invite to send a link to or invite to sit with me in this next series or invite to serve with me or invite to my group? And just invite to say, just come check it out and come and see. And they may say, no, that's okay, But at least you've extended the opportunity. Father, thank you that you invite us into the most amazing reality possible. Relationship with you that lasts forever and that changes us now and helps us to live into what you want now and the opportunity to extend that invitation to others. And God, would you you help us do that? In Jesus' name, amen.